What is going on and welcome to another episode of the Beyond Rad podcast. My name is Chad and this week we are joined by David Ottestad of the band The Workday Release. So you may recognize the Workday release from an interview that we did a couple of years back now. And David was gracious enough to reach back out. He's got a brand new album that drops today, the day of the, the release of this episode. And it's fantastic. I've been a big fan of his ever since the beginning. I've been listening to his music for quite a while. And so it's really fun to have been able to talk to him about his new music as well as so much other stuff just in terms of life in general and and just having fun. We got to have a lot of fun talking. And so I'm excited for you guys to hear this episode. But before we jump in, I always like to make sure that you guys head on over to the social medias. You know, give David a like, a follow. He's got two music projects to check out. So first is the Workday release, the one we talk about primarily here. But then the other one is Closer. And that one is a new project that's developing and we'll definitely have him back on to talk more about that one because I'm really stoked for that project as well. And while you're at it, you know, head on over to Beyond Rad, over to Mr. Rad Chad. I'd love to hear from you guys. Let me know what you think. And if you enjoy the episode, please like it, subscribe and share it with anyone who you think may enjoy it as well. And also, I've started to stream the interviews live when I do them. They're really random times, but if you want to swing on over, I will be notifying via Twitter when I go live on Twitch. So if you want to check out the podcast before it's actually airing, you can do that there, or you can just come check out any gameplay. But without further ado, let's just jump right on in. So thank you for joining cool. me, man. I, uh, I'm Thanks super pumped because... Obviously, you know, we've we've talked before. Um, it has been quite a while, though. Um, yeah. And, how long uh, has it been? Is it like three or four years or something? Oh, man, it's been. Let's see. It was right before your wedding. So that kind of gives oh, us. So, oh, so two years. Two, yeah. Well, two so about two years. Yeah. Two and a half years ago, I think, because um, you were one of the one of the earlier interviews that I did, I believe. Nice. Um, and so. So, yeah, it was um, it was a lot of fun talking to you because at that point I was just kind of like reaching out to anyone and everyone because it was a brand new <laughs> podcast and yeah. you were like hey I, you know i don't really do podcasts i was like oh, okay no problem and you're like but you know what i'll make an exception i was like dope <laughs> <laughs> and it was like it was super rad because i'm like wait he just made an exception just so that way i could <laughs> i could have this podcast and so uh so yeah man i'm really stoked to have you on again um especially i don't know I don't know if we talked about this, but I'm pretty sure I'm like having a triggering memory right now where like the reason why I wasn't doing it was because I agreed to one and it was a really uncomfortable experience oh, okay. where, where I was like, okay, if people, I don't really know, I just kind of assumed everybody knows what they're doing, you know? And I, and I had like an hour long conversation with this guy that was very strange. And so I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say yes to just like anything. <laughs> you <know>? Dude, I <laughs> can't blame you. It a good idea yeah <laughs> so. i can't blame you and and honestly that's like for me that's one of the cool things is like because of of people like you who are willing to take a risk on a new guy you know when i first started like 
now I have people who check out the podcast on a regular basis. And, and I, and also bands who are reaching out to me, Hey, do you accept people on? I'm like, dude, I accept pretty much anyone who wants to be on. Cause for me, it's like, like, I, I think I told you this in the first interview, but for me, like music as a whole is like something that's been so healing for me in general that like, I mm-hmm. want to give back to the people who've created the music that's either gotten me through bad times or lit, made the better, the good times better, things like that. And, uh, yeah. and so this podcast is my way of doing that. And so it's really humbling when, when people like you reach out and say, Hey, can I be on again? I'm like, yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really, I'm yeah. really stoked, man. Thank you. Yeah. And I, and I will say like, cause I don't know if we had this, we were talking earlier about, I don't know if it was before recording, but yeah, like one of the things that I just really enjoyed talking to you. So this podcast interview is actually outside of the, 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 the like circuit of podcasts that I'm doing right now through a publicist, you know, he's setting me up on a bunch and I just kind of in the midst of that wanted some familiarity and somebody that I enjoyed talking to a while ago. Yeah. So I reached out to I reached out to Chad and I was like, do you want to talk about this? Because it'd be nice to talk to somebody that I know. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it's like I said, I'm super humbled about that. Cause it's, it's, it's just awesome for me to, to have this experience. So I do want to really quickly yeah. let you know that the new album is phenomenal. Um, Thank you. I obviously I've, I told you this last time. I'm a big fan of what you've created ever since the beginning. Right. And I, I, man, which album was it, bro? The one, the, the kind of grayscale cover. Um, oh yeah. Songs from a sketchbook. Yeah. We talked, I think we talked about that. Yeah. So that one, time. that one was like, that one was my favorite when we mm-hmm. last did the, like the last interview. And this one has now stepped in as, as the number one to me. Wow. Um, and I think the reason is because of where you're at in your life and you can hear mm-hmm. what, where you're at in your life from the songs, which is like magical to me because <laughs> it's like, because it's, it's, it's talking about like how genuinely happy you are. Like, <laughs> like it, it, you can yeah. tell that it's just like, dude, this guy is like, he's super in love and he's just happy. He loves where he's yeah. at in life. And so tell me a little bit about kind of like the, the process of this album compared to previous albums. Yeah. I mean, it couldn't be more different than anything I've ever done uh, for every reason. I mean, I wasn't even trying to make a record. You know, it, I had no idea that this was going to be a record. I have another project that uh, is called Closer. So I haven't really talked about it a lot yet, but I'm going to start a new project called Closer. And it's still just me by oh, myself, okay. but I'm writing, uh, you know, more atmospheric pop with another guy that I know oh, cool. on, on YouTube. So, um we've been working on those songs for a year and a half, two years, and it's going to be a full length and it comes out in the summer. Dang. Uh, and basically I showed those songs to, uh, an old manager of mine who managed like Goo Goo Dolls, Green Day, Almer oh. Project, Weezer, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, he helped me, he re- helped me release my 2015 EP city lights. And so I've just kept sending him music even when we haven't worked together because he was so great. I yeah. know he's always been really supportive of me. Um, even when things haven't like, numbers wise worked out. Yeah. Like he's just always been, he's still that guy that's so much about artist development and that does not exist anymore. Like just straight out say that, like it doesn't exist. So I've just kept sending him songs just because, you know, he's a fan and very supportive and I've appreciated that. Um, and really he's helped me like cultivate my craft. You know, he, he allowed me to focus on songwriting full time for two years. He paid, you know, paid me to do that. And it was Mm -hmm. awesome. So I've continued sending him things. And when he heard that new stuff for closer, 
he reached out and he was like, I'm starting a new record label. I want to sign the closer stuff, you know, for, uh, for this new label. And I was like, okay, awesome. You know, I <laughs> That's wasn't dope. expecting that. And, yeah. um, it was really exciting to the think about that. I think about, you know, f- focusing on it full time again. Um, and then, you know, as we were talking and working through the songs, um, I also told him, Hey, you know, I also have 11 songs that are done, uh, for workday. And I, I, I want to give Workday fans a proper full length record. I've been wanting to do that for a long time. Like I've been doing singles and releasing songs, you know, work, the Workday release just kind of turned into like a platform for me to like dump music when I yeah. want, you yeah. know, I was like, I'm going to write something this week and I'm going to put it out tomorrow. You know, yeah. like that, you know, like that is just that kind of thing, which is awesome. Like Absolutely. I'm so grateful to these people that listen. Um, and so I told him like, Hey, I have a, I have a Workday record. I can produce it myself. And I think I can make the whole record for seven K. And he was like, let's do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Dude. Uh, yeah. And so, because basically I went through, I was very, um, you know, practical about it. I was like, you know, I'm just going to hire uh, a mixing engineer my and an engineer who's the same person, my friend, Andy, I'm going to hire Andy to like engineer the record, mix the record. I'll get this other friend to master it. I'll get my other friend to do some, you know, productional elements of additional instrumentation and then three days in the studio and I'll just do the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was really in a place where I felt like I could produce the record myself. I had been in the industry long enough to know what the tools were and how to get what I wanted out of it. Yeah. Um, and so he was just like, great, let's do it. And so that was the first thing I did. I was like, okay, let me go pump out this workday record. Uh, and so like after he told me that he wanted to do it three weeks later, I was recording this record and from That's like, finishing it. Dang. And, uh, it was just so much fun because there's been a frustration of mine where people, producers in general, just don't really understand the work they release. They don't know what to do with it. They either go, uh, and really they would go too minimalistic just because that's what sketchbook is, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the bare bones as minimalistic as you can get. Um, and people that enjoy that, like you, I really appreciate because you, you, I guess you don't need any bells and whistles to like really appreciate <laughs> the songs, which I, I'm grateful for, but, um, or they go too far the other way, right. Where it's like, you're, you have a pop voice. The song should be more energetic. Yeah. It needs more energy. Let's yeah. Like, let's like really fill out the space. Um, but I've always felt like workday kind of sits in this really hard to define spot between pop rock and then like a folk acoustic indie mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, and so I really wanted to make a record that kind of nailed what that was sound wise, sonically. Um, and so I think when people hear it, as soon as they listen, they'll be like, Oh, okay, I get it. You know, because really I think this record does that perfectly. It has a consistent sound from start to finish. Mm -hmm. Every song I think is different and leans in different directions for, you know, with my influences, but it still has that consistency. Um, Yeah, exactly. But so, I mean, yeah, it couldn't be more different in the fact that I didn't know it was coming. I couldn't believe I was making it once I was making it. Yeah. I couldn't believe how free I felt doing it. And then also just trying to hit a, hit a production sound tonally, sonically that I really hadn't done before. I've never done a ton of background vocals. I did so many background vocals, you know, for this mm-hmm. record. Um, there's lots of things. Yeah. And lyrically, yeah, I had this, you know, to circle all the way back to what you said <laughs> uh, a while ago now. Um, yeah, this, this, uh, this challenge to myself of can happy people write interesting songs? Do we need to suffer as artists in order to write songs that are emotional and captivating? 
Uh, and I, I'd really felt that pressure for a long time because, you know, if I were just to tell people what's an emotional song, if I were just ask that question, people would probably go sad or dark. Yeah. And I typically. understand that because there's this tendency to think that emotional is synonymous with darkness or, or sadness, but I'm feeling like stable or yeah, you know, but like, joy and elation are emotions yeah. too. Like, can, I, can I write songs about that and still make it interesting? And I, and I really tried to do that with like the early tracks of like say a lot with light and you, I do is very happy, very down the middle. Yeah. Uh, very straight away happy. Uh, but like the future, like these kinds of songs of being like, how do you write something that is a little bit more complex lyrically and talks about the ebb and flow of being your own person, but also anchored by uh, joy or, yeah. or like a good relationship. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that that came across, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and like yeah. I said, that was the thing that, that really stood out to me because it really is, it, I, it's kind of funny because the, uh, um, just the, the fact that like you just mentioned that is, is hilarious to me because I had that same thought as I listened through your album, I, I, I was thinking to myself the day, a day later, I think it was the next day. I was like, I was listening to music in the shower and I get out of the shower and I was just like, do musicians just, do they have to be like broken? Like they have to be broken people because it's not like, it's not that they're like necessarily like, oh, the world is, is completely destroyed. You know, like their whole world is destroyed. It's not that, I mean, like a lot of them tend to have deep rooted emotional, um, things that are like negative emotions that, that mm-hmm. run deep or the, the only time that they feel inspired is when something negative impacts them. Even if they're a very positive person, they feel, you know, they, they don't feel truly creative until they have kind of yeah. a broken moment. And to me, yeah. I was like, that, that seems really bizarre to me because, you know, if you, if you go back in time to like the sixties and the seventies, Music, I guess probably 50s and 60s, 70s is where it definitely was a little different. But the 50s and 60s, like some of my favorite artists are from that era. But like, oh, man, like, you're speaking my language right now. <laughs> as soon as you said 60s, I was like, oh, my gosh, is he going to talk about Rat Pack? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Rat Pack era of music? Yeah, because like because yeah. for me, like I I listen to, you know, one of my favorite bands from youth is Beach Boys. Um, oh. And then all Motown, almost all Motown is oh, just phenomenal man. music. But like even then, you they even the words then were very, a lot of the times like there was there was kind of like the big hits of the Beach Boys. It was like it was very poppy, but it didn't. It kind of almost felt like it wasn't relatable because it was too happy or too right. too mm-hmm. out there, right? Because I'm not from California. I haven't. I don't have you know a surfer. You know, I'm not. I'm out surfing. I don't feel that necessarily. Yeah. I love the music, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like you think about like the song that my absolute favorite song of theirs is God only knows. And it's mm. like, Oh man, that's a really, that's a really like hard song. Like if you think about it, yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, I can't live with you. I can't live without you, but you know, here we are. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of what the premise yeah. of the song is. And, and it's like it's such an amazing hook. Lyrically. Yeah. Yeah, like, and, absolutely. And the whole song centers around that hook. Right. Which is, that's something it's so funny that you talk about Motown because that is, uh, yeah, this like Rat Pack era of music and Motown are, I don't think I've understood until now how big of influences they've been on me. Um, and I do is very much me trying to do that. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, it's like, can I get a, um, it's, it's, it's really funny that you just brought this up because I literally just read, I do is about to go to radio in Australia. Oh, like, nice. 
there's a big push to like get that song on radio in Australia. Congrats, dude. That's really, dope. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I just read the the one liner that we're sending out to DJs and dude, I'll read it to you right now. You're going to laugh. Yes, so hard. I'm going to, I'm, this is, yeah. this is so funny because we're on the yeah. same page here. <laughs> uh, I do is the first song by USA artist, the work released to be serviced to Australia via NC records. The song, the song is a modern pop take on the Rat Pack era of music from the 1960s <laughs> written and produced <laughs> by David Ostad. Isn't that so funny? That's that awesome. That? They were like, can you talk about this song? Like, in one sentence and uh we'd already done like a press push for the song and i'd never mentioned that and i was like i should probably talk about that because i think uh i I did some playlisting pushing for the song and Mm -hmm. the feedback that i got from certain people i got some cool playlisting for it which is great because usually you just get all rejections Um, (laughs) but the people it was just so funny because i kept having people be like there's not enough happening in this song instrumentally and then other people be like there's too much happening on the song instrumentally yeah I was like, well, yeah, this song, you know, because some people just want, oh, oh, this song should just be an acoustic guitar. And then other people were like, I wish the drums were bigger. But maybe if I had explained that, and maybe this wouldn't make a difference, but I think having that kind of 1960s era of music reference helps people understand that song a little bit better. It shifts their perspective for sure. Yeah, because the vocal is the thing driving this Mm -hmm. song and everything else should feel like, barely anything is happening you know it's like the most minimal amount of support you can give and like a tambourine and brushes you know on a on a snare and just like this big deep bass hit that you can't really hear but you feel it you know in the song Mm -hmm. like uh yeah i mean i love that you just brought that up because that is definitely i do is that like to the core like that's why the course is so repetitive because all those hooks back then were based around one thing and it would just play over and over again but i think like pop nowadays uh, bugs me more than those repetitive songs, you know, there, cause there's something about the, maybe the sentiment of it or even the production. I don't really know. But I think it's anyway, stylistically yeah. for me, like that era of music was, was magical. Um, yeah. and I think it was because it was driven heavily by a meaningful, meaningful lyrics, which I think right. is important, but mm-hmm. I think it was also that it was driven by, by many vocals, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was almost the, the, um, barbershop quartet style like right. it was you know you had the backup three vocalists or you had the you know because because when you when you start jumping into some of those you know amazing bands or you know i wouldn't even call I, would you even call it a band at that point right like yeah, i don't the, think so yeah the right? temptations and the supreme yeah. you know like those those oh they they called them acts acts that's, okay that yeah, that makes really sense cool. yeah, yeah act makes so sense cool. it has like more of a theater kind of yeah. presentation to it I'm going to start calling the work to release an act. There you go. Because, and that's, <laughs> that's something that's funny to me too, because like yeah. a lot of, a lot of bands, like I feel like people get kind of um, pigeonholed into yeah. something. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I feel like you were talking about with, with the work day release was mm-hmm. you kind of got pigeonholed into, Oh, well you should be this or you should be that. And yeah. it ended up having an identity crisis because it's it's not you had an identity crisis it's that that people didn't understand it because you were trying to evolve and adjust and and adapt to what you were wanting to write and how you were feeling yeah but the people listening weren't necessarily adapting or the people you were targeting that weren't really they didn't know the journey yet and so it kind of missed the mark for some of them and also like that those i would have never even thought about those influences honestly because i grew up in pop punk emo yeah. era like that's when i got started 
and there was no way in hell that like, <laughs> that, like those influences could have ever risen up, you know, in that area because everybody was trying to be loud and, uh, you know, aggressive, which I mean, I love pop punk music, but I think I always felt a little bit out of what I, what I should be doing. And I mean, yeah. you can tell when you listen to my very, very first record to the beginning there, every song is a different genre. You're uh-huh. like, you can tell, you know, yep. it's like, okay, there, he's doing the rock thing, like on some of the songs, because that's what those bands are doing. But then you listen to songs like Sunrise Smile, which is really old, or like Relax or um, Dragons. Like those songs are all over the place. Like I yeah. have no idea what, what to be or what to do. Um, and I'm honestly lucky that I've just continued doing it because like I told my wife, I was like, if this record does well, my next record is going to be a big band rat pack. Like, yes, thing. dude. Like, yes. I mean, all the way into it because this yeah. is, that's what I like, you know, it's, uh, and also because it's not because it'd be like, finally, now the work you release is a rat pack. Like, thing. <laughs> it's, like it's like, I love that music. Why not? You know, try yeah. to do something like that and then move on to something else because the work you release has allowed me to do all kinds of different things. And that's uh, and that's something that yeah. I think a lot of people need to need to do in general is find something you love and lean into it. Yeah. Because like the fact is like when you got started, how old were you when you started? Eighteen. Yeah. 17. So at eighteen years old, you're expected to kind of just be dabbling in everything, right? Right. But yeah. as you as you hone your craft, as you're as you're performing live, as you're recording in the studio and you actually learn a lot more techniques, you even talked about with um uh was it the the city light one um Mm -hmm. you that was where you were on a label they were very structured about how the writing process should go i recall from our our first time we spoke they were very structured about like oh within this amount of time you need to hit the chorus and you need to make sure that it's that it's flowing this way so that way it catches people quick enough yada 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 um and and you know yeah it's good to learn those things but then it's also like well you need to also have your yourself in it you know you can't just right. and, and that's what it's, i it's i feel a like lot to ask of a young artist for sure oh absolutely yeah. and i think that's where that's where maybe uh, this is at least for me i, I can speak for mm-hmm. myself i can't speak for you but where <laughs> uh, with modern pop music that's where a lot of my frustration comes from mm-hmm. is a lot of times there's there's just kind of a lack of direction when it comes to yeah. a song it kind of feels like yeah you've got all the right the right pieces Mm-hmm. when it comes to the structure of a song, but you're kind of missing the mark when it comes mm-hmm. to, to what the song should be. And I don't know, I don't know how to exactly put that in words necessarily. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I definitely feel, feel that more so now than ever. Right. It, it, you're like constantly battling with like, Hey, what just, what feels good to you? Like what feels true to you as an artist? Like, what do you want to do? But don't forget, you need to fit that into three minutes and hit the chorus by yeah, 30 seconds. And exactly. like have a, so you're constantly trying to be like, okay, how do I take art that shouldn't have any rules and any limitations and then stuff it into a box, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, it has to fit these kind of confined things. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with, uh, that, that. that's the balance. There's nothing wrong with writing a pop song. There's nothing wrong with that. Not at and all. there are reasons why people respond to certain things. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with trying to emulate that. But when you try and do it for 17 tracks on a whole record, because you're so desperate to have a number one or any kind of traction, you know, that's when it becomes a problem because I think, I think there's total worth to as an artist being like, Hey, I want to do that. I want to make sure that I'm um, writing some things that might be uh, mainstream enough to give myself uh, I don't know, a career in these ways, blah, 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 yeah. blah. 
But then also I need some time to focus on some tracks that don't do that at all. That just feel like I need to write emotionally and think mm-hmm. out loud and not, not confine myself. And if you're not, if you're not like spending time in both of those things and constantly checking yourself of being like, am I still doing this because I love it? Or am I just doing it to, you know, make money? That kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that can be really complicated. I think it's even more complicated. It's, it's weird because it's even more complicated for the people that are all the way on the pop side because they have no choice but to play by those rules. Mm-hmm. And then it's even more, it's, it's equally as complicated for the people that are as far away from pop as you can get because they're constantly feeling the pressure of, you can't, well, what conform. if we never, what if, yeah, how do we get anybody to listen to us? Yep. You know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. And I'm like right in the middle. Like I have, I do have a sweet spot and saying like, I tend to write pop. So it's not too much of a struggle. I'm not, uh, what's it called? Like compromising too much yeah. you know, on, yeah. on my art. Uh, because it's what I like, but I do still feel that pressure. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a big thing, man. That pressure can really, in my mind, it can really hinder a lot of that creativity and a lot of Mm -hmm. that, that freedom because like just, and it's not even just in music, it's just in anything that, that you feel like you're trying to, to be original or trying to, to do something that feels authentic to you when when you have that looming kind of weight on your shoulders of hey you've got to perform right mm-hmm. like like and i like one of the funny ones is like i'm actually i've been um i've been watching a lot of like stand up comedian interviews not like mm. their stand up comic like yeah. not their their shows but like their interviews and a lot of them the things that they remember are the bombs they remember mm. when they bombed it and they just totally failed and they were like those are really freeing moments because it, it basically gives you the freedom to, to suck and to, mm-hmm. to really, to really just not do what you're supposed to do, which is succeed. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. for a lot of them, they're like, if I didn't, if it was like the first time they bombed is when they really started growing. And I was like, oh, that's pretty, mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome. You know? And so it's yeah. really cool listening to those interviews. Cause a lot of these stand up comedians with the pandemic have been, starting their own little shows and things like that. And, uh, and so there've been a lot of interviews and, uh, it's been really fascinating to kind of hear them from the non comedian side, right? Like they're not, right. they're not yeah. on stage giving their, their show. They're, they're still funny because that's just who they are, but it's, it's very much, it's a raw version of them and it's pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I, and I think too, I mean, for my own journey, I don't have a ton of like, um, like the equivalent of that for a musician, I guess, is just like delayed success in yep. areas, right? Yeah. Or or no's. Like you hear no from people less than you do like in the acting business, I'm sure, because you don't need people's permission as much yeah. um, to put out things. But well, at least now, before you used yeah, to, but yeah. At least now, exactly. Yeah. But I do think like one of the reasons why I love this record so much and I'm so excited for it is the fact that I've had enough time now with Workday um, that I can really appreciate what it is. You know, it, yeah. it, it's like I think a lot about the people that have number one hits when they're young or mm-hmm. get famous when they're young, and I keep feeling like, wow, that's hard. Like I don't know, yeah. I don't know how any of those people are normal if they are at all. Yeah, right. Like uh, because it can just seem like a lot to deal with, and I think. Uh, in, in these interviews, I've started calling the work they release this, this quiet cul-de-sac on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like this, 
place of peace that I've really got to experience and enjoy. And there's definite, I've experienced times of failure, you know, Mm -hmm. in in the midst of trying to write a number one hit or get on radio or that kind of thing to now this time around, really just being able to, I put all my value in just making the record and enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. And like those three days in the studio, I was checking my brain like every five minutes being like, make sure you're enjoying this. Yeah. Make sure you're, make sure you're taking in what this is and every single direct message that I've gotten so far about the songs or those kinds of things, really just savoring it because when you're young and aspiring, you know, and on the road to some big thing, right. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get over there because that's what you do when you're, you're you know, you're trying to get to that career yep. spot. Yep. You're yep. missing like all these things that are happening constantly because you're devaluing them in, in like, uh, contrast to where you think you should be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it's, it's really helped me this time around to enjoy it. And I can get an email from the label. that's like, we're going to radio in Australia with, I do. And I'm like, cool. You know, like, and you, yeah, and- <laughs> because there isn't so much stock in it. I just like, I know the industry now well enough to be like, that might not, that might do absolutely nothing. That's okay. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's well, okay. And it's and like that's a really freeing thing. I've talked to a few a few bands and a few artists who are in the same boat as you where they've kind of finally gotten to this place where regardless of of the the feedback, regardless of whether it's positive, negative, neutral, um, they've gotten to this place where they know what they've put out is is what they wanted to put out. Right. They wrote what yeah. they wanted to write. They, yeah. they put in the energy and the love and the care that they wanted to put in and that they felt it deserved. And now when it comes out on the end, in the end, yeah, it'll still sting a little if something goes, if someone says something bad and it'll right. still, they'll still feel that joy when, when they get that note that says, Hey, we're doing this, you know, we're, we're, we're putting this on the playlist. And, but if ultimately it, it's, it's far lower, far far lower peaks, but also far higher troughs, you know, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where those valleys don't seem to, to come nearly as hard and don't seem mm-hmm. to bring you down nearly as far. So their recovery is faster. And they also, um, you know, and it sounds like that's kind of where you've come, where you've gotten to. And yeah. I feel like that's a really magical place to be because <laughs> so often our, our image of, of like, if we're making something that's quality is yeah. determined by the, someone else's feedback. Right. And yeah, now, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, it is easy. Like I, it's easy to, to have that be the case. Cause that's just human nature, mm-hmm. but to, to really be proud of something you put out and be proud of something you put the time into and say, regardless of what anyone else says, I love this. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it takes a long time to understand, maybe, maybe less now just because there's so much content, so yeah. many artists, so much music. I think, uh, I think when I was first getting started, I had this idea that there was a definitive good and bad. Like you either make something that's good or you make something that's bad. And you, so you constantly feel the pain when you, when you submit songs to radio people, managers, labels, you know, anybody in the industry, you're like, Hey, what do you think about this? Um, and hopefully they do give you their honest opinion because telling you, Oh yeah, it's cool. Like doesn't do anything for you, but yeah. <laughs> hearing like, Oh, I don't like it. You're just like, oh, I'm, 
that's it. Like I yeah, saw, you feel you know? dejected, like, man. Yeah. But but you, you have to start understanding that it's it's so weird because anything art is just this undefinable random spot out in space. It's oh yeah. Not a, it's not a linear objective, you know, like here's you here you are on zero to ten. Here's the art scale. That stuff doesn't exist. And so you have to learn how to not really think about it. And then take critique and you take critique in to empower yourself to create something even better according to you, you know, yep. which is so, so hard. Exactly. It's like you have to learn how to ask people, Hey, what do you think about this? And then they tell you what they think and what they think is subjective, but that, that feedback might help you elevate what you're making and, yep. and making it even better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned a long time ago that uh, this is like something that I actually learned pretty recently for this record was that I needed to stop caring what my friends thought of my music. Like I had to get over that because I really wanted like my friend's approval for a very long time um, on what I was making. And then I realized like, these are people that are just my friends. Like they don't even listen to the music. Like, yeah. my, like yep. you know what I mean? Like yeah. they don't listen to the same kind of music that I'm even making. Um, so why would you expect them to like, like whatever, however many stars out of 10 they give it, you know, like yeah. that the ultimate thing. Um, and your friends are going to love you like no matter what. Exactly. But it was, that was so important to me, like almost more than like fans, like what fans thought of my music. It was more important to me what my friends and family thought. And I, I think, was like, I think I have this backwards. Yeah. And I <laughs> think know? that, I mean, that makes sense in a way. Cause I, I feel that because like when I first started my podcast, it was the same thing. I wanted mm-hmm. all my family and friends to listen to it and just, and just yeah. enjoy it and just have fun yeah. listening to me interview like and talk to these bands and hear these really cool stories from these bands. And I wanted that so bad. I just wanted yeah. that. And I think it's because we, you know, we respect their opinions so much, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I value their opinions. So I wanted yeah. them to enjoy it. But then yeah. I got to a point where I'm like, I, I actually don't know if I really care if they listen to my podcast yeah. <laughs> because yeah. whether, you know, whether like, you know, one of my friends is like, Oh dude, don't worry. I'm listening to it. I'm like, I got to a point where I was like, dude, you're fine. Like there's so yeah. many other great podcasts out there. It's totally yeah. fine. And yeah. for me, I was just like, I do this for two reasons. Reason number one is because I really, I'm a talkative person and this is a good outlet for me. <laughs> yeah, you like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. And number two is I love the bands that I'm interviewing. I'm, yeah. I'm interviewing talented people and I love, it gives me energy. It yeah. like, it, it energizes me to want to try to do more and to like right. create more and be a little bit more, um, a little bit more willing and daring to try things that are difficult, right? Those are the reasons I do it. And I guess the the third reason is, is, a, is really, I love, I want to support these bands any way I can as well, you know, right. give you guys an, one extra platform, whether it's a, yeah. you know, it's not a huge platform. It's, it's an average size platform, but it's a platform. And it's like, that's my little way of giving back, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I really, I really enjoy that. Um, also what seems to no longer exist and maybe I'm too soon into this to really make this claim, but there, there is, there's no longer that like break you thing for an artist, right? There, there used to be like, you get your song on the radio one time and you are a star. Oh yeah. And you bust through and you're free. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you get that feature like on this kind of like, like website and like a million views to your YouTube video. It's just so, there's so much happening. There's so much constantly happening. The reality is, is those things don't really exist anymore. And people, I was having this conversation, like, do you remember when we first started using Instagram and we would just follow anybody for any reason? It's yep. like, cool <laughs> photo, bro. Like, yeah, I'm going to follow you. Or yeah. like, 
whatever. But now it's like, you don't like, uh-uh. it, it's like, why would I do that? I don't know. And, and so, yeah, it's just because we're so oversaturated, I think with, with content. And so the, the goal of these things and, and like even tonight is not to get fan conversion and, views yeah. and you know, it, it has to be about us having a good time together. Exactly. And even one person is like, that's cool. I'm gonna go check out that guy's music and they like it. Awesome. Yeah. You know, but like, I can't, I can't do these things anymore because it might get 10 new fans to follow me on Spotify. You know, like yeah. I, just, I can't think about it that way anymore. I'll lose my mind. Like yeah. if I, if I, because then you put reason. Yeah. You're putting that pressure on, you're putting those expectations on. And mm-hmm. then if it doesn't do that, yeah, you've, you've now, yeah, you've <laughs> now failed. Right. Because yeah. failure mm-hmm. is, and this is something that, that I've always found fascinating is the, is like the, the psychology behind failure. Right. Like, mm. and they, they've been, there's been a lot of psychology done on failure and success. And like, you feel success and failure at a one to two ratio. You feel success mm. at the rate at which you succeeded. Right. Like I got a hundred dollars. Here's I'm a hundred dollars happier. Right. Like that's, that's a number <laughs> that people can kind of relate to, but right, like, yeah. but if you had a hundred dollars mm-hmm. or like, you, let's say like, this is one that's really common, right? Like it says you won a hundred dollars. And you go to to say, hey, I, I won this hundred dollars. You're super excited, and they said, oh, sorry, we already gave it away. Mm-hmm. Now you feel the loss of a hundred dollars twice mm-hmm. as hard as you would have felt yeah. the the success or the joy of getting a hundred dollars. Right. And yeah. and the psychology behind that is fascinating because it's like we're naturally meant to just be sad. Apparently, not not <laughs> meant to be, but like a lot of us, we choose sadness because it's it's a stronger emotion. It's a, it's an emotion that can take over you quicker. And that's kind of like going back to what we were talking about with like, you know, musicians and music. And when you talk about a song that's emotional, people are going to resonate or going to think of a sad song or a darker song because that's, that's the emotion that they feel twice as hard. And so when they feel that emotion, they, they, they genuinely think of that as the emotional song. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's yeah. fascinating to me because just to think about like, man, we could be so much happier. Like one of the best ways to fix that is like meditation or prayer. Mm-hmm. Like those are the yeah. two things that like have been scientifically proven to, to make your loss, like the, the, the rate or the feeling of loss to be lessened. But it's just, yeah. I don't know, man, it's, it's very interesting to me because so few people get to a point where they feel content with what comes with yes. life. And because, that's yeah, sad. It, it takes active um, awareness. You yeah. Know? And you have to, you have to make that choice up front to be like, okay, when things happen that are good, I'm going to appreciate them. You know, or, yeah. or, or like not waiting on things that to happen to feel happy. You know, it's like you can, you can wake up in the morning and be like, I'm going to be a little bit more aware of like the things mm-hmm. I'm lucky to have or grateful to have. Um, and I never want to diminish or, you know, uh, devalue depression or those kinds oh, of things. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, you, those people can, the people that are struggling with that can feel like you're telling them, Hey, just get over it, which is never, I would never say that. Yeah. Uh, and um, that's, that's, I agree, man. I, that's definitely not my intention either yeah. because it's, it's really important to, to validate like there are genuine, like, out of our control, out of our control situations. I'm talking about like, like in an average situation when you're, when all your chemicals are balanced correctly and everything, everything is in a normal situation. You and I are probably going to be feeling loss 
harder than mm-hmm. we feel success. Right. right and that's yeah. why I think depression and, and anxiety can be so draining and so sucking is because they try to latch onto those happy feelings and yeah. they can't. And then they feel even more sad because they couldn't feel happy about something they, they felt like they should right. have been happy about anyway. So go on. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that, but I mean, just to, in addition to, I mean, this kind of pulls in, like I wanted happy songs on the record, but I also wanted to round the record out with other things too, you know, and there's, there's definitely songs as you get towards the end of the record that are about those kinds of things, you know, and I included songs like sunlight, which was on sketchbook, you know, Mm -hmm. but I was like, I want I want a version of that song, a new version of that song on the record. It means a lot to me. I want it on there. And then there's songs like keep out the wolves, which was always a demo and fans were like, record that song. (laughs) I'm going to put this song on here. Uh, same thing with circles, always like a fan favorite, never yeah. recorded it. So yeah, it just felt like, it honestly felt like that chance to fully express myself now, like in this stage of life, life, but also like tie up some loose ends, you know, mm-hmm. for the work they release. be like, yeah, things that never got, uh, their, their fair share or like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's a very, um, like complete feeling record to me because of that, you know, it, it uh, it really helps me. I don't know. I, I mean, I've told people like this could be the very last record ever for the work they release, and I would feel totally at peace. And yeah. that's rare because Absolutely. I knew so many friends that that were in the industry that never got closure. You know, it just they had to quit, and that was it. You know, it's, it's, it's really hard. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm just grateful because I'm like, oh, I got to finally, I finally get to deliver that thing that I've yeah. been wanting to do for so long. Yeah. And I mean, there'll they'll probably be more music after this just because I'll never shut up. Like, you know, like <laughs> I get I'll that. Just, <laughs> I'll just keep making music. Um, but I never get, I never have to live with that feeling of what if, right? Yeah. I never, uh, as far as like a piece of art that I made, obviously yeah. there could be like career milestones that I don't reach, which is okay. Yeah. But, but I like it for the sake of being an artist and wanting to make something and put something out and deliver something to fans. Like I don't have to be afraid of that anymore, which is such a feeling of peace. You know? Yeah, dude, that's awesome. That actually reminded me. Um, so one of my best friends, he was actually the one who introduced me to your music ironically. Oh, I, um, but, yeah, uh, when you were, Oh yeah, we're still best friends. So <laughs> I, uh, it, it was actually funny. He and I were talking, so I've got two sons and he's got uh, two sons and a daughter. And, okay. um, and we were talking and he was, he was in the same boat as I was, which was after two kids, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilled, you know, but, but his wife was talking about this closure thing. Right. So when you were talking about closure, they had a third because she needed to know going into it that it was going to be the last one. Right. And oh, so she needed so closure. And so when yeah. you, when you mentioned closure, I was like, you know what, that's funny because it, it just reminded me of that, that whole situation <laughs> with them where they're like, he was like, dude, I was ready. I was done. But you know, I, he's, he loves his third kid obviously, yeah. but, but he's oh. like, I was, I was content but she needed, she, she would have been content with two had they decided beforehand had that it was, known. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought that was kind of interesting <laughs> when you talked about closure. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, so that's a play on that new, I have my window open cause it's too hot to not have it open. Oh no, you're good. But yeah. I, I saw your live stream the other day. It was like 85 degrees in there or something. <laughs> oh, it so hot. Yeah. It, it's crazy because our, our weather here just changes on a dime. You know, it's like, it was so cold. And then all of a sudden, you know, we live in an apartment with no air conditioning. We have to run it all day if we're going to keep it, if we're going to keep it cool. Yeah. And it's loud. Like I, I can't do that while I'm live streaming. Yeah. But I'm, I'm like one of the people that I'm just super affected by heat. Like it puts me in a bad mood. So I have to like <laughs> actively be like, like, it's okay, David, like you're going to be okay. And where my, my where are you at? Is, 
uh, I'm in Southern California in oh, Fullerton, okay. Yeah, uh, okay. but there's no air conditioning and we're upstairs. So it's like, it, it does get, yeah, it heat rises big time. Yeah. Something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, brutal. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but like, so this new project that I have called closer, right. It's spelled C L O space S U R. So it's the word, oh, okay. it's the word closer with distance in the middle. Yeah. And then the word closure without the E making it incomplete. Interesting. And so, That's and cool. So I, wa- I wanted a name that could be like a first and last name. Like I was trying to come up with like a name. Yeah. But then also like that's what music is for me. Like I'm always trying to get closer to like closure or you know like those yeah. kinds of things. So play it just on felt words. Really I like it. Um, but it's yeah, it's definitely a play on those kinds of concepts, which uh, uh, you know, are, are things I think about a lot now. Yeah, dude. Um, That's but, awesome. So. Yeah. So what's, what's the difference? Obviously you said, you know, with the, the new project, this is, yeah. this is now we're taking a little bit of a shift. Cause I can just, I can add a little slash yeah. there that says, you know, workday release slash closer. Right. And it's like, <laughs> now I'm like getting two birds with one stone, you know, exactly. you know <laughs> it'll be, it'll be a completely different thing. So oh, it's okay. like a whole new project off to the side. Um, and part of that too was, yeah, with, with the workday release, I just felt like I hit a ceiling so much, so many, so much algorithmic data associated with the work they released yeah. that if I wanted to try something new, I just couldn't, you know, with Spotify and those kinds of things. Yeah. And so talking with the label and being like, Hey, I'm kind of thinking about starting a new thing. And what do you think about that? Is that a bad idea? They're like, no, let's do it. Um, I could actually show you something. Yeah, dude. You freaking do. awesome. <laughs> uh, how do I, I don't even remember how to do this anymore. Let's see. How do I share my audio with you? This is the real question. Okay. Share screen advanced music or computer sound let's see yep i'll share you can you're sharing computer sound it's perfect so i mean i write the songs pretty similarly it's still me sitting down at a guitar or at a piano first yeah but then yeah. the the real difference is that i think it's not in Um, the real difference is, is that I've partnered with a guy in Montana that I met, uh, through a, a remix competition on YouTube. I said, I had a song like featured by these two big YouTube channels and out of 1500 people, I chose this guy to win. And then I was like, dude, I really love what you did for that. Do you want to do some stuff like some new stuff outside of it? And he was like, yeah, I do. And so we've been working through, you know, uh, making new music together. So it's a lot more pop. He does all the track production. So pretty much what's happening is I'm sitting down writing a song at piano, sending him just a vocal stem, just a piano stem. He's chopping it up and creating a, a track. Then we go through the track together and kind of like rework it until it's, it's, you know, you know, it's like what I want it to be. Then I go back to a studio and I record full vocals, you know, all over again. And I then send them back to him. Then we take it to a mixer and, and finish it. So yeah, and hopefully this comes through. Let me know if you can hear this. Can you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice.
seems like looking down Let's rest our tongues And lay down our fingers The truth is we're fucked Cause we're tied together Let's rest our tongues And lay down our fingers The truth is in love If it buries us deeper So that's one of them. It's called Yo. Deeper. <laughs> Dude, that is so good, man. So cool, right? good. And then, like, this is wild. I'll just show you uh what song should I do? I think this one, because it'll just be whack. You'll be like, what the hell is going on? so dope i love it it's so fun because it definitely like for me it uh i'm i'm sure like this this, i'm not saying it sounds like that but like i was listening to owl city's cinematic album recently yeah and i was like i loved the that he kind of did what you guys just did where it was less Mm -hmm. less full electronic and more just like i don't know it I love, I love the production. Like, yeah, I like, it feels almost like an organism. Yeah. Right. Which is, that is something that I really liked about Owl City back in the, in the day. I haven't listened to them in a long time, but I always liked that it kind of had this fluidity to mm-hmm. the sound, right? Where it felt very alive and kind of random. And yeah. so, I mean, that's what this guy, his name's Solo Ray. And he's just, he does the coolest stuff. Like, yeah. it's, it's fun to work with somebody where, um, you know, I've tried some pop stuff and it's kind of, difficult with producers where you're like, Oh, not that sound, not that sound, yeah. not that, not that sound. Like it feels like that for a long time. And with him, I'll just send him a song and he's like, how about this? And I'm like, this is yes. great. Yeah. You know, like, it's just so much fun. So yeah, I think having an outlet like that where I don't have to think about how workday fans would respond to it, you know, because yeah. it's, Cause wow, it's a new project. Yeah. yeah. It's like, whatever, let's just do it. Who cares? And but the, so like the funny uh, thing is like, for me, I, I hear it and like, I feel like it's, it's just a really good direction to go. Cause cool. like, I, like, like I said, the work they release, like, I, I think you were limited because of what people expected. Right. So yeah, you couldn't always. really, you couldn't really experiment too much. Yeah. And so I think it's really cool that you're making this shift because then it allows that natural transition of, of taking your creativity, taking what you write and taking the direction of music as a whole, because right, like that's the other thing you have to take into account is where the music industry is in order to to yeah. to mesh the two worlds together, the business side of it yeah. and the actual musical side of it. And this right here is super great because like 
I I mean, the first thing that that anyone who who was watching would see is is that I couldn't I, I was bopping. I was bopping my head, you know, like, yeah, it's, yeah. like, you, yeah, it's just yeah. it's that there's that there's something about that type of sound that you just have to it's just kind of like you're kind of grooving to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just great. And I'm, I'm such a sucker for good pop music. And so, like, I can definitely talk trash on, you know, the fact that every pop song in top 40 has 20 writers on it and yeah. you know this kind of thing. But at the end of the day, like, I don't care if there's 30 writers on the song, but the song is amazing and I can't help but move and like respect yep. what what the final is there's something to be said for that you know so i think uh, uh having another project like this to really just go for it and and my goal with this is not i need to try pop so i can be successful you know it was like it was like no that's something i like to do can i just have another project where i can just do that you know yeah. <laughs> because the reality is honestly if i was a big time artist like if the work here was really huge i would try stuff like this every yeah. record would be completely different because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so confined to being like, well, I got to give people what they want, you know? And so it's, it's a little bit more freeing to have projects where it's like the work they release is where I get to go to write minimalistic Mm -hmm. songs that I love. And I absolutely love that. And then I can go over to closer and be like, now I'm going to go wild with like a synthesizer and these kinds of different things. Um, And I used to wonder, oh, go on. Well, I was just going to say like, also those songs are what they are because I have another brain working on them. Uh Like Solo is as much a partner in that as I am. So it's nice to kind of like um, defer to somebody else and be like, hey, how would you interpret this? And he's like, I think we should go in this direction. And I'm like, oh, I would have never thought to do that. That's awesome. Let's do it. Yeah. But with Workday, I don't let anybody in. I'm just yeah. like, it's just I'm you. Like, this is what it is, you know? So yeah. It's nice and I used to wonder, like back in the day, I used to think, man, like why, why do bands, like why do lead singers or artists like, branch out right like they're still in this band one of the great examples in my mind was um i don't know the guy's name i should because he's phenomenally talented but um the uh the guitarist or bassist for fun who is previously in in a pop punk band and then he he forms bleachers while on tour with fun and i always thought to myself why like why wouldn't you just incorporate that and make fun bleachers and fun and and this right here is is exactly it, right? It's it's there's there's kind of two parts to it. It's his brainchild, so he wants to he wants to be in charge of it, which makes complete sense. Um, and yeah. secondly, it's it's that hey, you know, this is so it's 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 a completely different it's a different entity, and that changes yeah. things. That makes a big deal. It makes a big difference. Yeah. That's awesome. And now man. I'm trying to is it is his name. Jack Antonoff? Is that who it is? Antonoff, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought it was the guy, right, that has produced a bunch of Taylor Swift stuff now. Yeah, he's worked with Taylor Swift a bunch as well, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Man, yeah. I mean, he's he's written so many amazing things now, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, was like, it was going to drive me crazy if I could remember <laughs> his name. Yeah, because, uh, like, I, I, had, I had heard of, of his, like, so his previous band um, before, before Fun, right, like, I had, yeah, the format was, was the lead singers band. And then I can't remember this other one that Jack Antonoff was a part of, but, um, both of them were on tour with something corporate or not. No, it was Jack's mannequin at the time. So it was right towards the tail end of the format and they were all on tour together. It was phenomenal. They put on like, holy crap. The live performances were phenomenal. And, uh, and then out of nowhere, fun gets formed. No one's heard of them at all for their first it was mm-hmm. ready aim fire something like that was the mm-hmm. first album no one had any idea who they were 
I knew who they were because his voice is first off super unique. And yeah. secondly, I followed them as soon as I had heard them live. I was like, I'm following this. I'm, I'm getting yeah. in on this. And, uh, and then that some nights album drops and every one of those was like a hit. Every one of them went like number one, I felt like. And, uh, yeah. So dude, that was, that was one of those ones where I, like, I, I questioned, I was like, so why, why would they branch off? But it makes sense because it is a completely different entity, you know? Yeah. And we, and I mean, cause I do this too, but as a fan of bands, like y- you're, you're like coming up with what you think is the ideal situation. Mm-hmm. Like should do this together because it would be so good and you're, you're forgetting that they're like individual people yeah. who have their own <laughs> aspirations and like want to be doing things yep. and, a, and a lot of times in big bands that are, that are successful yeah those those side players who happen to be in one of the biggest bands in the world they have their own things that they want to be doing yep um, and people are like well you'll never have success if you leave and that's kind of part of the problem right where you're just like you should stay in this thing because it's successful. Yep. Uh, it's like, well, what do you want to be doing? <laughs> yeah. And that's, that comes back to the art needs to be, it needs to be first yeah. and foremost, your passion, find what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. lean into it. Cause that's, yeah. that's art at its core is like creating yeah. something that is, it is coming from inside of you mentally, yeah. emotionally, it's it that's what art is and so yeah like it does need to come from you at your core it can't come from someone else necessarily it's still like even when you're collaborating and working as a team it's you still have to be invested in it you know Mm -hmm. and so so yeah that does make sense too like they are individuals and who knows like that amount of time you're spending with each other the amount of like stress that you're under at all times that probably has an impact too (laughs) absolutely i want to i want I want to ask a question of you. You haven't spent a lot of time with the record yet, but what has stood out to you on the song? Any, any song in particular? Oh man, let me, uh, I have to get the list of songs because <laughs> I don't know the names. <laughs> this is, this is my problem. Every time, whenever I listen to albums, I, uh, even back, like, especially back in the day, actually, when, what song is that? I like track six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause back in the day it was always, um, I would, I would listen to, albums as cds and i was just like yeah that's the track i like and i could like they were like oh what's your favorite song you know i'd say oh i love that band like what's your favorite song i don't know any of the names of the songs it's the one that goes like this and then they're like you don't know the name of the song and i'm like no i'm sorry i didn't have an ipod you know i i bought an ipod as a teenager and i brought it to church and i was playing solitaire on it and my oh, mom, my mom confiscated <laughs> it and made me return it and suck up the like 25, oh the $25 reboxing fee. <laughs> but mom, one day I'm going to have a music podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, so to not sound cliche, I, I do is probably my favorite on the album. Um, nice. just because the energy of it, just like it was fun having the music video. Like that was fun for me to see yeah. like the music video. I think a lot of that stuff is, is really cool. Um, for me, I, I, I don't want to cop out though. So I'm trying to think of, of like, of like, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it's funny. <laughs> I've been asking this question of any, anybody I've sent, I've asked my dad, you know, like what, what song do you respond to the most after listening to it for the first time? Well, um, that the really reason because, sorry, oh. really because like what I want to ask is in three weeks, if they've kept listening, what's changed, you know, cause oh, I, yeah. I mean, I wrote like a, as like a, I want people to listen to it from start to finish. I love albums where you do that. And you always have like 
oh, I, you know, track two is the best track on the record. That's the best song. Yeah. And then three weeks later, why have I never paid attention to track six? Because for whatever reason, you know, something grabs you. Yep. Uh, so I like, I like knowing initially what people respond to. And then after they've spent more time to it, spent time with it, what has jumped out to them. Yeah. And I um, think, I think you're probably right. Cause I listened through it. I listened through it twice all the way mm-hmm. through, like yeah. all the way through the album. The biggest thing that stood out to me was, was the flow of the album, which I, I've talked about this so many times on my podcast that I feel like it's such an underappreciated thing from listeners mm-hmm. and sometimes from bands, the yeah. structure of an album and how it flows and how, yeah. how it feels as you go through each track and how, how the album tells a story and kind of mm-hmm. takes you on this journey. That's something that's really important to me. So that stood out to me as a whole, but it wasn't right. a single song that stood out. I think right. the reason I do stands out to me is because um, Say A Lot With Light, it was a little softer, you know, it was really nice. It was a really good introduction, kind of like warming you up to the album. Um, And then You was obviously the next single. And then I Do, for me, was like, it was was refreshing. And I love finding songs that I can dance with my wife to. And so, (laughs) (laughs) and so like, (laughs) yeah, like my my buddy, like he, uh, he's got his wedding reception here and like, in like three weeks or something and uh they asked for a song that they should include in the playlist and i added this one because i was like this is the type of stuff that i'm like these types of songs are the ones that that resonate with me because of where i'm at in life right and yeah. so so like it it was more like i and i think it was you know the fact also that it has a music video associated with it it mm-hmm. was you you gave me the the album to listen through right as that one became the single and so yeah. there's kind of a lot of factors that came into that song standing out to me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Music videos have been a new thing for me too. Like, I mean, doing three of them, you know, uh, within six weeks has been uh, pretty crazy, but awesome. I bet. Yeah. Nice visual, you know? Yeah. And especially with like COVID, I'm a lot of people kind of like really are leaning heavily into the video content and into like, yeah. A little bit more, a little bit more substance, I guess, than just the music nowadays. You know, they're like, oh, well, right. are you going to do a live stream performance? You know, and then they, you know, the quality <laughs> production, the production quality on live streams has become crazy good. And, and so I it's, know it's pretty crazy to, I mean, it'll never match the atmosphere of a live show. Oh, no, but, not at all. Um, but it's just, it's, and what's really funny is just how, you know, people that would never probably know how to make a live stream look good do now. Like yeah. So many yep. People, because we've all been forced to go online. So it's like everybody's uh, everybody has lighting and yeah. you know, nicer cameras and nicer microphones. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and like some of my favorites, like so you talked about loving pop punk. I'm still obsessed with pop punk. That's still like my genre that I that I go to. But like All Time Low's newest single is incredible. Oh you yeah, dude. It? Oh phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I, I've loved All Time Low forever, dude. Yeah. But um <laughs> But like MXPX has been doing these phenomenal live streams every week. And then Anberlin had some freaking amazing production quality on their live streams. Um, Switchfoot did one. They're not pop punk, but they kind of like toured with they some of those. That bands. world. Yeah. 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 But they did an amazing one. And like all these bands are doing these really high quality. And like, I just think back, I was like, when did it all start? Who kind of set the bar? And I realized who set the bar. It was Dropkick Murphys. <laughs> so... It was, it was, uh, um, St. Patrick's day of 2020 mm-hmm. dropkick Murphy's did a huge, it was like an hour or an hour and a half long live stream 
just massive. It was like they were on stage. It was full production quality, hugely like you could tell it cost them a bunch of money. And uh, that was the first major live stream that I found of all of the bands to like to start quarantine, like where where it started. And then they did another one for uh, for St. Patrick's Day this year, too. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, I've, I've been blown away by some of the yeah, like some of the live stuff that I've seen. I'm just like, well, okay. There, or, or like just a new angle of doing it yeah. because everybody's trying to be creative, you know, with, um, what that should entail. Yep. And so it's been pretty impressive watching people. Yeah. Pull stuff together yeah, uh, and make things that are like, you know, maybe they don't scratch that itch as much as being around a bunch of people experiencing something live, but, uh, it's been, it's been good to experience in this kind of climate. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I, I'm sure you feel the same, but for me, I'm like, I am, I am so, so lucky that I, that I, I had my wife through all of this. Cause like mm-hmm. I'd have gone insane, man. I'd have gone yeah. absolutely crazy. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it was already like, it was already suffocating enough. Like I spend all the time in this office right here. Yeah. Like yeah. I work here all day. I do my <laughs> podcast here. I stream here. Everything is done here, basically. And so, like, I would have gone absolutely nuts had I... Yeah, you're in a little bubble, a tiny little bubble. <laughs> yeah, dude. I um, mean, we, we've done a ton of projects because of it, though. Like, we uh, we just finished redoing all the floors downstairs. Like, we've done a right. crap ton of stuff. Like, just finished a bathroom <laughs> remodel. And well, not quite finished. My wife still wants to paint the cabinet. But uh, we put a new <laughs> new bathroom, uh, new vanity co- uh, countertop and sink and all this stuff. It's a big project. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I did my two music projects during this, but I haven't done anything at home, but yeah, like Monique and I, especially the beginning of COVID, it was really like exciting to be home. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, cause we just like being home. Like we like yeah. being together, we like being home and we were constantly cooking and, you know, making new cocktails and like, how you know, just having fun with yeah. that kind of, thing. um, and then, uh, yeah, we've been eating out a little too much recently, probably yep. because we wanting to yeah yeah Yeah, man i'm excited for i mean just the idea we've gotten so used to this being the reality that it's kind of weird to think like you know they just announced that california is going to lift all restrictions starting Mm -hmm. in june and it's just weird to even think that there's going to be like a proper end you know yeah yeah Um, i remember i remember last summer whenever it was i don't know exactly when it was during the summertime but uh i remember very distinctly I, um, I went to a Dairy Queen to get my wife and I a blizzard. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was in one of the smaller towns, like a real small town. And they had dine in for the first time. This was like, this was like, you know, after a few months of quarantine where yeah. you're not allowed to go into anywhere mm-hmm. and like all shopping and stuff had to be done online and you pick it up and, and, uh, and like, I remember I just like I walked inside and felt so out of place. It was yeah. so awkward feeling. <laughs> and then and then like I, I took it to go. Right. And it still felt awkward. And then like another month later, everything starts opening up. And I went out to a restaurant with my buddies and we we got some wings and we all sat down inside. And I was like, dude, this is this weird. shouldn't feel weird. It's only been like five months since I've done this, but it feels so out of place. <laughs> Yeah, spending because we're not really meant to be, you know, cut off from people and yeah, and being outdoors. I mean, I'm somebody who likes being inside, and still, I, I've missed just the energy of being around people and um, 
I like going out like to eat, you know, going out to eat and yeah. that kind of thing around other people. Yeah. It same here. Made us realize how much it's worth, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing. It's a good thing you, uh, you changed out of that white shirt, you know? So <laughs> you're, you're inside too much. <laughs> I thought, you know, I was like, I'll wear a white t-shirt. It'll make me look tan. Nope. Nope. Just nope. makes you look wider. I, I get that one, dude. I'm yeah. I've, I've literally adjusted like the, the warmness of my, yeah. of my lights just yeah. to make it. So one of them's a white and then one of them's a little bit warmer. So it yeah. adds a little bit of color to me, yeah, but, I'm, but I'm still super white, super pale. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. Well, bro, I, do you have a few more minutes? Yeah. Sweet. I mean, if, but I'm, I think we've talked about a lot and I had a great time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I've started, so this was since, since our first interview, I started, um, asking random trivial questions at the end oh, of the podcast. Um, so this one, this first one, I preface it the same every time it's because I have a sugar addiction. Literally, okay. if I showed you my camera, like you'd see a, two giant bags of Easter candy on the side oh. of my desk right now. It's a problem I have. Yeah. <laughs> my kids went on an Easter egg hunt and I'm the one with all the candy. I, mm. they gave it to me and I, oh, it's bad. You're like, dad gets to benefit from this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, <laughs> they got all the money out of the Easter eggs and then they, then all the candy basically went to me. Um, so with that preface, what's your favorite candy? My favorite candy. See, my wife is a major candy, per- not, not candy chocolate, honestly. Uh, so really I was always like that health freak that, was only eating three meals a day and they were lean and I was vegan for like five years and didn't need any sugar. And, and then my wife has like this deep appreciation for food and, you know, like lives life through her stomach and her tongue. She's smart. She's smart. In other words. (laughs) And then yeah, likes things. So anyways, I've really come to enjoy, I'm a dark chocolate fan. Oh, dang. So I, I like bitter. Um, so I would say there's a, I can't remember the brand, but it's basically dark chocolate orange, a chocolate bar. I think it's from Lindor. I can't remember. But anyways, so yeah, dark chocolate orange or dark chocolate raspberry, anything that oh, is like what I'm into. Okay. Um, we all we go to C's quite often. C's candies. And, yeah. C's candies. Okay. And we'll get the blueberry truffles, which is, which are dark chocolate on the outside and then filled with uh, a blueberry kind of cream or something like that. Oh, nice. Um, but candy, if I'm going to go candy, I lean towards like sour things like sour patch kids or sour rope, sour, anything sour, sour. Yeah. You know, it's so I, funny, I, man. Sours like Z Zours. Yeah. Those are amazing. I love Zours. Yeah. I haven't seen those in years though. Yeah. I haven't either. I had them a lot in uh, junior high. I remember because the they, candy. they looked like Mike and Ike's, right? Those mm-hmm. were the ones that were like Mike and Ike's. Yeah. I haven't seen those in years. So I'll have to go find some sours. Yeah, I, I recently I recently uh, bought a bag of of like 10 Mike and Ike flavors and I pounded that thing. It was bad because <laughs> like it was like, oh, 10 flavors and only one of them was bad. Right. Like yeah. all the other nine flavors are freaking phenomenal. And like we uh, twice a year for my for for church, we do like there's this huge broadcast of all the leaders and stuff. They, they do a broadcast um, on Saturday and Sunday twice a year. And so, uh, this last the Easter weekend was that broadcast. And so that was when I had the candy and it was bad, dude. I was just pounding these Mike and Ike's. I'm just sitting there. I'm playing, I'm playing Dr. Mario on my iPad. I don't know if you've ever played that, but it's kind of addicting. I'm playing Dr. <laughs> Mario on my iPad and eating, eating Mike and Ike's. And I'm like, dude, this Mike is bad. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a, I have a friend, a close buddy named Stuart and his family are like 
they're like the, when you go in their kitchen, there's three drawers that are dedicated fully just to candy. That's going to be my like, kitchen. That was never going to be a thing in my family. So it was so wild to see. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> these drawers are just for candy. I can't imagine. And their whole family were like that. You know, there's like pounding candy all day. This is amazing. Oh, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a problem I have. So it's kind of funny too, because I always thought of chocolate as candy, but I've been told many a times now on my podcast, well, you know, since we're talking candy, not chocolate, I'm like chocolate is candy, right? It's not candy. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know why I don't think like I think of candy as more like the sugary kind of fruity I, thing. But I guess something. the chocolate that you eat is a little bit more, you know, a little bit more refined, a little bit nicer. Yeah, we're, we're a little bit more refined over here. Yeah, <laughs> the bougie chocolate. <laughs> I'm going to have candy. It's got to be Godiva. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Second question. Favorite yeah. movie. Oh, favorite movie. Oh, man. See, this is an area that I'm very passionate about, so it's hard for me to say, but I'm, I'm a big, like, uh, mafia heist kind of oh, person. Yeah. I, I want to hear the F word, like, every three words. You know, <laughs> in place in Boston. So probably The Departed is, like, The Departed is the movie that I watch probably once or twice a year. Okay. You know, it's, I just like dark, dark mafia, you know, <laughs> movies like that. The yeah. town is the one uh, with Ben Affleck. That's a big, you know, they, they rob um, Fenway, right? No, Wrigley. Oh my God. Why am I blanking on Boston's? Oh, uh, Boston is, yeah, that's Fenway, Fenway Park. Park. Yeah. Okay. Wrigley Field Wrigley is Chicago. Chicago right? Yeah. Wrigley Field is Chicago. I'm a baseball fan and I'm struggling right now. Oh, who's um, your team? Yeah, so they, they uh dodgers oh gosh i live out in la yeah. i mean oh, oh gosh i'm an astros guy dude we can't be friends oh, i'm just kidding I'm just, I'm just kidding <laughs> no i yeah anyway we'll we'll get back to that in a second <laughs> yeah so, but yeah the town like i love the town i love that they rob fenway it's yeah amazing. that's awesome i um, so i actually haven't watched many of those two reasons first off growing up i wasn't allowed to um so like mm-hmm. i kind of just never watched them secondly my wife like loathes swearing. She really hates oh. when like when movies swear. And so like pretty yeah. much we we just don't watch a lot of those movies. And yeah. then I like and then because of that, like I'm pretty much only ever watching movies with her. And so we choose movies based upon that, which is totally chill with me. <laughs> um, yeah. But we uh, we we used this editing um app like it was a it takes the the movie and like cuts out the swear words or sex scenes or whatever that you want to cut out and uh uh, and we watched the irishman and she just fell asleep i was like oh my god yeah (laughs) i mean that movie is long and tedious as it is yeah yeah Uh, but yeah i would say my wife is the opposite like her favorite movies are blood guts like action (laughs) her dad's from new york and he cusses a mile a minute so uh is that is that a phrase a mile a minute yeah now yeah Um, but yeah, he, you know, so it's like, it's pretty common around their table for them to be swearing like sailors. And I, th- so, I think you know, that is too, like a cultural thing. Cause I had a manager, mm-hmm. she said, she told me, she said that she can't speak in her Boston accent. Cause we were in Utah. Like, like uh, it was, she was like, yeah. I can't speak in my Boston accent because if I do every six or seven <laughs> words is the F word. And I said, really? She's like, yeah. Growing up, my dad was a cop. My brothers are cops. I'm from Boston. Those three things right there are reason enough to say the F word like every other word, apparently. (laughs) 
so if you ever if you ever want to experience exactly what she's talking about, you should watch the town because it is it is literally about bank heists in Boston. And okay. It's, like and like Ben Affleck, he's from there, and they just give him free reign to do whatever he wants in Boston. So yeah, it, it's an amazing movie for for that alone. But, yeah, hearing Mark Wahlberg interviews is pretty funny when he's on oh, like yeah. when he's unhinged because he's yeah. from Boston as well, and it's yeah. like it's okay. just part of the language there. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, and this that is a U.S. thing too, right? Like Boston is one of the few places in the U.S. Boston, New York, Northeast, I guess, is one of the few places where like that's pretty common. But like mm-hmm. in the U.S. for a long time, that hasn't been common. But in Canada, in the UK, in Australia, those words have been just just slang words forever yeah. now. Like it's what? just been how they talk for a long time. <laughs> and so it's I guess I guess the US is just kind of is just kind of getting there now. I don't know. I, I don't know. But like I said, my wife hates those words. And so I just never like around and like what people are comfortable with. Right. It's all it is all culturally based. Oh, I put my computer. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is all culturally based. Yeah. Like, some people will offend and some people, they don't even hear it. They're just yeah. like, well, you know? Yeah. It's funny. Cause I was actually like, it really is for me. I'm just like, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. Yeah. I don't swear, but it doesn't bother me when someone does it. Like mm-hmm. it just rolls off my back. I did grow <laughs> up in Vegas though. And then I yeah. lived in Houston well, for a while. Those two yeah. places are, are, you know, it's, it's very culturally appropriate to swear. And so, <laughs> all right. Another question here for you. This one is, I think, probably more applicable now that uh, the pandemic has happened. Favorite Mm -hmm. non-music related hobby? Non-music related hobby. Good question. What do I spend time doing? Trying to think. I mean, I spend way too much time on YouTube. I don't really think that's a hobby, but (laughs) I would say that I am very into movies. Like I've always been in like filmmaking is my first love. You know, I went to film school for a year, dropped out to do music, but I always wanted to be a movie director. So that's why, that's why getting to, you know, write the treatments and direct and edit these music videos has been so much fun for me because Mm -hmm. it's been combining, you know, my favorite things, which has been, okay, I make music, but I also got a budget from the label to, do a, a proper music video. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I spend a lot of time just researching proper lighting techniques and you know, that <laughs> kind of thing. And I have a black magic cinema camera that I can shoot stuff with. And so, yeah. um, those are, yeah, that, those are some of my hobbies. I mean, I've played a lot of war zone this past year. Uh, <laughs> I haven't played much recently and I think I'm going to bed a little happier. So that's, yeah. that's <laughs> we should we should play games sometime, dude. We should play. Yeah, I, I am totally down to because <laughs> my other friends that I've been playing with are so frustrated by um, all the tryhards that they call you know yeah. on on Warzone. I'm okay with losing, honestly. I just want to play sometimes. Yeah, that's that's me, dude. Like, so so one of my one of my good buddies, he he's just written off Warzone altogether. So he mm. and I have started playing yeah. League Play in uh, Black, nice. in uh, Cold War. And so like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what we've started doing. Cause, cause that gets him a little less riled up. Yeah, <laughs> so that's exactly my friend too. He's like, let's play cold war. And I'm like, ah, but I like the, I like the like roam around kind of nature of war zone. I'll still play cold war. Like I still, I still enjoy it for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is, it's, I can't believe how much time I spent. Cause I've never been like a gamer really but this <laughs> year. I spent so much time. Warzone. Yeah, dude. I uh, <laughs> literally right after this, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be playing Diablo three with my brother in law. No. That one, I I don't know if you ever played Diablo games. 
like as I get older, I, I realize like these types of games are a little bit better for me as my reaction times slow down a little bit and you know, I'm getting a little <laughs> old. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, cause he and I have been more like, yet. yeah, it's a little bit more my pace. Exactly. Like I don't have to have tw- quite as bit of it. Like, especially with Warzone, dude, like I get snapped on so hard and I'm like, I'm trying mm-hmm. to learn mouse and keyboard cause I got a gaming PC yeah. this year. Um, and, nice. uh, and it's just like, dude, like, it's such a rough transition from a controller to a yep. mouse and keyboard. It's brutal. <laughs> All right. I'm still playing on. <laughs> oh, on, uh, yeah, dude, that's like, I, I uh, played on the PlayStation, um, but the controller, I'm not a big fan of the controller. So I play on Xbox. I got a series X is my, right. is like my, my console of choice right now is the yeah. series X, which is fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, anyway, it's, I'm I like my office space is kind of absurd because I've got my work computers, my my like work, my my personal work computer and then like my work work computer, my gaming PC, all this stuff. I got so much crap in here. It's ridiculous, dude. It's absurd. (laughs) Like you walk in here and you're just like, it's worth more than the rest of all my stuff combined, basically, you know, (laughs) it's bad like a technology bubble you work and you play yeah literally though like my my desktop right here is just it's absurd dude and it's oh it's bad (laughs) i have a problem i guess i am a developer though so it's okay to like have a little bit more you know a little bit more stuff (laughs) all right man last question here for you with uh with you know 2020 was just a few months ago. It's uh, we're actually, I mean, time is flying, dude. I can't believe it's April already, but uh, what was your favorite album to release in 2020? My favorite album. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean? I didn't release an album in 2020. No, no favorite album that was released in 2020. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. I usually actually say that's not your own, but you didn't release one in 2020. So that's why I didn't say that. look so probably um let's see if this even came out this year i've been listening to it so much that i probably couldn't tell it's probably between did this come out in 2020 which one is it either way <laughs> uh it's noah gunderson oh great yeah um spotify update oh yes so his he came out with um it's called a raven and a dove and it's like an acoustic it's acoustic selections from his newest record oh, okay uh but oh my god, dude, it's so good. It's just so good. Like, I That's mean, if awesome. you go and listen to it, you'll be like, Oh, I know why David likes this. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> very songs from the sketchbook. Like it's so minimalistic and every song has a different mix, which I love. You know, it's like they just the balances are so different. It's like yeah. he recorded he recorded every song like three months apart or something, and probably not, but um and in a different studio. I just love how all over the place it is. It's only seven songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The my favorite track on there is Lose You. Uh, it's so good. I don't know. So what is so good too? Um, so, <laughs> and then on the pop punk side, uh, did this come out this year? It's so funny that I have, it's yeah. like I have no concept of time. No, anymore. I get that dude. I totally get that. Oh, it didn't even come out this year, but the band Camino try hard. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I love everything they put out. Um, yeah. that single roses that they just came out with is awesome. They're, they're uh, phenomenally talented for sure. Oh good. Yeah. And they're like, you know, they're, they're the band doing what we all loved from 10 years ago, but making it feel modern and fresh. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Speak- I think it, it's probably that Noah Gunderson thing. I've listened to that acoustic EP on repeat every time I get in the car and I'm not sure what to put on and I put on that record. Yeah. I, I get that, dude. Uh, there, yeah. there've definitely been albums like that for me. Like last year there was like, it's funny because there was so much good, like, 
really solid pop punk music that I was listening to so much yeah. that it was like, Oh, knuckle pucks new album. And, uh, and, um, it was, uh, Oh, hot Mulligan's new album was a big one for me. And, and so like, it's, it's funny. Like I'm, I'm, I have to look back and then I half the time, like you said, it's like, Oh, that didn't even come out last year. I just listened to it all the time last year. That's all it was. Listen to it too much. It came out in 2015. How weird. Dude, that I've totally been in that boat so many times where I'm like, Oh dude, this new album. They're like, that's, that's like super old. That's not even their newest album. And I'm like, well fine but it's fantastic (laughs) oh man well bro thank you so much for joining me man that was a lot of fun i uh got to talk to you again and i'm looking forward to doing it again heck yeah dude yeah for closer i i want to make that happen for sure especially where you're releasing in the summertime um you know i would love to to chat more in depth on that because what like just those snippets you show me are freaking amazing. And, uh, that I, I want to reiterate, like if anyone hasn't listened, the, the day of this release is the, the new album for the work they release. And so, um, it's fantastic. The new, the new album just is, is I love the, like I said, I, I love the, the happiness that's in it. I feel like it's a very good, a good feeling that you get when you listen to it, it just feels good to listen to yeah. it. And, uh, and then, like I said, I, I think it's personally my favorite album of yours because it feels like a culmination of all the things that you've done. And it just feels really like we were talking about before, really complete. It feels like it's, it's you and I like it a lot. Yeah. So you're the, you're the second person who I, who I know who says songs from a sketchbook is their number one thing. And then has said, but like the live stars beat it for me because I, I showed another, I've shown a couple of people, obviously like months in advance like here check this out i would love to hear what you think um and yeah every time i hear that it's really important to me because i have had a lot of people uh join the workday thing since that record and Mm so i i wanted to make sure that the production wasn't so you know deep and layered that people were turned off by it i wanted everything to feel you know intimate and and like not super polished not too polished so i'm i'm grateful to hear that yeah yeah dude i uh I mean, I can't say enough good things about it and I uh, can't say enough good things about you, man. It was really fun talking with you and let's definitely play. I want to play some games. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A huge thank you for you for checking out another episode of the podcast. Be sure to head on over to the Workday Releases socials. Give them a follow, like, and, uh, you know, if you enjoyed the episode, be sure to share it, like it as well as, as rate it. You know, uh, if you leave a comment, whatever, I'd really appreciate it. And We'll catch you next week. Deuces.